You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 78 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Heward, and as always, I'm with the sunshine-filled Jeff Gargas. Sunshine-filled? <laughs> you are. You're just full of sunshine, Jeff. Usually people say I'm a ray of sunshine, but really you're just full of it. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll take that. Where's that come, where did that one come from? Well, it's from one of your bestest friends in the whole wide world, Miss Tiffany Ott at ah. Techie Teach Ott over on Twitter. She truly believes that you are sunshine filled. I don't know why, because I know that she knows you really well, and we know that's not true. But <laughs> wow, thanks, Ray. Well, just thanks, kidding. Tiff. I you're full of positivity. You're just a glowing light. I know that on this podcast you only get to hear our voice, but you really have a face for podcasting. Thanks, Ray. That's great. Um, <laughs> well, big shout out to Mama Tiff, and she's in awesome. That I that's great. Good stuff. So, Ray, how you doing? I'm doing really well. It is the middle of the day that we're recording, which is kind of odd, but because it's summer break, we had a great recording this afternoon, and I got a lot of work done today and hung out with my puppies. So in my mind, that's kind of, you know, hashtag best day ever. <laughs> that is a good day. You? Um, yeah. It was good. I actually went, I had to go to the car dealership and get my car fixed today, but that's they, have a, boring. they have a, no, yeah, it's, it is what it is, but they have a nice lounge with coffee and great wi-fi so i just sat down and rocked out a whole bunch of work so it was good good for you me just tell our listeners that you just sat in a car dealership and worked all day <laughs> i did i sat in a car dealership and worked all day today you're I, a uh, very special kind of mastermind you Jeff know Harvey. they have a nice little setup they got a little desk and all kinds of stuff they take care of you there so um anyway so yeah i did some work there and been been back doing doing work here and then we got to do this which yeah this was weird doing it in the middle of the day on a tuesday because those of you who don't know, we typically do recordings on Monday evenings. But uh, like Ray said, since it's summertime, we're taking advantage of that. So this was a fun one. Uh, one thing that came up, Ray, in this conversation was connections to community businesses and partnerships and just kind of connecting your classroom. And I thought JC did a nice job of how she phrased that. But I, I wanted to flip it to you because I know how much you like that topic. Oh, I was so thrilled when she brought this up. I was like jumping up in my seat in my office. (laughs) And wondering if like, you know, it's summertime and I think, you know, there may be some educators who are like, well, yeah, that's, you know, that sounds like a really cool idea to connect with my community, maybe get them involved in my classroom, but it's summertime. I'm not even in my classroom right now. What can I be doing right now for summer, during summertime as an educator to set myself up to be more connected to my community come the start of classes. Is that a, is that a good question to ask? Absolutely. I mean, JC brings up in this episode, a ton of the, you know, big, broad ideas of connecting with community. She touches on the need for, you know, students to take field trips to visit local businesses and the great idea of asking businesses in the community what kind of skills they're looking for for future employees, because you can then integrate those purposefully into your classroom content. But when you're an educator and you're done with this, you're like out of school and you're hopefully sitting by the pool and relaxing with your family for the summer, I really would love to encourage our teachers to 
you know, pick up business cards as they walk around town. You know, when you visit the grocery store, try and meet the manager. See if there's any relationship that can form there. You know, grab a card because you never know as you start connecting with people how they can benefit your classroom. I mean, whether it's bringing them in so that they can, you know, share their story with your students or you can send your students out and help them become leaders in your, their community by sharing their insight. I mean, even if you are headed to the pool with your family and you stop and take a moment to say hello to the manager and vocalize that you're a classroom teacher and you know this is a really popular spot for that students enjoy spending time and then as you're sitting by the pool, hopefully reading a good book and getting your tan on, <laughs> you can think about the connections of all the the other elements going on in this business and how you can bring that to your classroom in August. So this is my favorite time of year to make connections with the outside community. Uh, Jeff, I know that you already know this, but like I have like a holiday, July 5th, that all of my sponsors for the entire year uh, we connect and we, you know, make sure that they're still good to be part of my classroom for the for the next school year. And it's just so wonderful that that our community is becoming active in our school system, and then our students are becoming active in our community. So I love that this came up. Like I said, I was literally ho- hopping up and down <laughs> on my seat. I love it. Yeah, and that was in the mix of of, of her some some really great advice that I think she laid out. So super excited about this episode. So we have JC. Uh, Maslick here, who is a an assistant superintendent, but alongside that, she's got 22 years experience in education, and she's had a bunch of different roles. So, classroom teacher, uh, reading specialist, reading coach, principal, and now an assistant superintendent. She's also an author of two amazing books, or well, one that's out and one that I'm just assuming is gonna be amazing because it's coming out really soon, and then a third that's in the work as well that she gives us a little insight into, and then she also does a lot of speaking. Um, most importantly, she's coming out in November to the Teach Better Conference, so that's a lot of fun. We talked just briefly about that with her, and we really dive into just sort of uh, how she sees herself in education and, and and what she focuses on. And I I just really enjoyed her her advice, uh, and she comes from a such a wealth of experience in her background, uh, which I just thought was great. So uh, I want to jump right into the episode, unless, Ray, you have anything that you want our our listeners to listen to specifically or, or get ready for. Get ready to enjoy. I like it. Let's get into episode number 78 with Dr. J.C. Maslick. All right, so we are here and we are talking with J.C. Maslick. And J.C., it's been exciting having you in our world for a long while now. I can't remember how long it's been that you've been sort of connected with us in one way or another. I'm pretty sure we can blame Kristen Nan for that. Um, but we were really excited to get you on the podcast. We had to do some of the schedule, rescheduling and finagling of scheduling stuff. But uh, we're, we got you here. You're on. We're super excited. And I want to start by just simply asking you how you're feeling right now. I'm so excited. It's great to connect with you guys. I love the energy that your whole team brings. And so it's great to be a part of it. JC, we're thrilled that you're here. I cannot wait to dive into these questions. I want to start with having our listeners learn a bit about you. Obviously, Jeff and I have been connected with you for a while, but I want to make sure that our listeners kind of get the full picture. So would you mind sharing how you describe kind of everything you do? How do, how do you even begin when somebody asks you what you do for a living? Well, you know what? It's, it's 
um, interesting because I'm now in my 22nd year in education. Wow. Um, oh my gosh. I'm really old, right? I've been around a while. Oh um, gosh. But my first job, I was a classroom teacher. Um, I taught mostly kindergarten and first grade. And I think, um, that was the time where I realized how critical it was to develop literacy skills. I, I just, I loved teaching that grade level. They learned so much in such a short time. Um, I, Jeff and I were talking about that because our kids are both in first mm -hmm. grade. Um, and it's such a, it, they just developed so much during that time period. I loved teaching then. Um, and that sort of propelled me into wanting to know more about teaching reading. So I went back to school. I got my reading specialist certificate. And um, I took a job in a different school district as a reading specialist for a short period of time. I also did some reading coaching. So providing professional development, kind of facilitating that within the school district, which I think is where I caught my bug for, uh, you know, presenting and, and speaking with educators. Um, after that, um, you'll see a trend here because I clearly am addicted to learning. Uh, I went back to school again, uh, got my principal's papers, and not long after that, accepted my first job as an elementary school principal. Uh, I tell people that was the greatest job in the world. I spent 10 years doing it and loved every minute of it. Um, but again, so the education bug sneaks back into my life, and I think, oh, okay, what, what's next for me? Uh, I went back to school and earned my doctorate in education and my superintendent's letter of eligibility. And that has led me to the role that I'm in right now. So this is my fourth year um, as an assistant superintendent. And it, it has been a great learning experience for me. Um, I love being able to work with teachers and leaders. Um, the challenge sometimes is being another step away from kids. So I, I insert myself where, wherever I can. Um, today, I just walked down uh, the hallway to our junior high where kids were doing a uh, culminating social studies and language arts uh, project where they were reenacting scenes from Hamilton, which was awesome and fun and so many smiles and um so I, I never want to lose sight of the kiddos, so I always make sure I find my way back to them, um, which is hard when you move up through the ranks and you're in central office. You know, it's easy to kind of get stuck behind a desk or, um, you know, let the work pile up and, and forget about what we're really here for. I love hearing that you're in your position and still focusing on wanting mm -hmm. to go connect with students. I think that's so important. I love that you just kind of went through that whole timeline. Very powerful. Well, and, you know, Jeff and I joked when I um, did the Facebook Live a couple weeks back about my, you know, relationship with Kristen Nan. She's one of our classroom teachers. And I think the reason why we connect so much is because she is so welcoming in the classroom. And like, if, if I'm having the itch and I want to be with kids, she's like, come down. Hey, we're doing this project. Do you want to help me with this? Or you know, on the other hand, if I get a new tech tool and I'm thinking, okay, I need, I need this in the hands of kids. I show up at her door and I say, let's, let's take some time to play with this. What, <laughs> what can your kids create? Um, and so that's kind of been a really nice, you know, opportunity for me to stay connected with kids and, and to let the kids see that like, as teachers and leaders, we're still learners. You know, like Kristen and I are the first ones to be like, look, we don't know how to do this. Hey, kids, can you help us? Um, 
And so I think there's really powerful learning on both sides when you have that kind of relationship. Hey guys, while we take a quick break, I want to make sure that you are constantly thinking about how you are growing your network. We have a hashtag mastery chat every Thursday night at eight o'clock Eastern. It's a great way to pop on, answer a few questions and collaborate with teachers around the world. Hope you join us next Thursday. Yeah, we can take just like another moment or two and just talk about how awesome Kristen is if we want. We want to do it. <laughs> I feel like we do that all the time. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, this is not the first podcast episode that we've done that. So uh, that's awesome. I love that that relationship is there. And that's a long, that's a lot. I love your, I was just writing down the positions that you were talking about. Man, you've done a lot of things. That's awesome. Uh, and one thing you didn't mention in there is the fact that you're also an author. And do some writing. Um, so let's let's talk about that for a minute. Can you tell us about your both your books? Because you have one that's out and one that's coming very soon, correct? Well, yes. And I'm actually going to kind of share a little bit about one of the questions that you had um, had thrown in the dock there, if you don't mind. Sure. Because um, you, you brought up the idea of failure. And I when I was in uh, when I was a college freshman, um, I did not get really good grades in college writing. I had a professor who, you know, loved his red pen and he would just mark up my stuff like you would not believe. And I really felt like a failure as a writer. Like there, I, I just never thought there was any way that that was going to be something that would be a part of my journey. And so, um, the fact that I, that I am writing, I, I truly owe it to, um, one of the professors who was in my doctoral program. She was so supportive and so encouraging and gave great feedback. I feel like I developed so much as a writer during my doctoral program that I, I felt like, okay, you know, I can submit an article for publication or, you know, I can try this. I'm going to write a conference proposal. And it, it just really was rewarding for me. And so I think I've continued that love. Um, some of my friends and colleagues will make fun of me because I literally carry around a notebook. Like I'm old school. So if I'm out and I hear a great idea or, you know, I see a quote somewhere, I'm writing it down in my notebook because I go back to that for, for new ideas and inspiration all the time. Um, and that's really how my first book started. Um, so I was a, I was an elementary school principal. We were beginning a journey around steam and maker education we were lucky enough to get a pretty substantial grant. Um, it was about $20,000 to kind of kickstart this, this type of learning for students. Um, and this was way back in like 2008, 2009. So it was really before making was, was really big in schools. So we started that journey in my particular elementary school and I was lucky enough at the time to be a part of a, a greater network of educators and leaders around the Pittsburgh area. Uh, it's called Remake Learning. And there were so many other leaders who were engaging in similar work. And I just started connecting with them and said like, hey, can, can I come and check out your school? Or can I bring a group of teachers? We want to see what you're doing in your STEAM lab. And as I was out there, kind of collecting all these stories of these awesome things that were happening. One day I just said, you know what? People beyond Pittsburgh need to hear about some of the great things happening in these schools. And so I just wrote up a pitch um, 
I sent it out to a publisher and they said, yeah, like, let's write it. So that's sort of how Steam Makers came to, came to be. Um, it really is a collection of some of the things that are happening in and around Pittsburgh and um, the great leadership that has, has helped that ecosystem to really thrive. And um, that so many of them are still doing awesome things today. So I, I, um, I'm participating sort of in a book study with a group of teachers uh, out in California who are reading my book this summer. And they said, one of them said, you know, well, what are these schools doing now? I said, you have to look them up because they're continuing to do really amazing work. That's, that's awesome. I love that. And what about the, the book that's coming out soon? Yeah. So the new book is um, Connect to Lead and it is, um, ISTE is putting it out. So it'll be out right before the ISTE conference coming up here soon. Nice. Um, and that um, is really about the connected nature of education. You know, we were talking earlier about how we've sort of been e in each other's educational worlds for a little while. And, and it's funny how social media can, can do that and can bring you together. Um, there's also real power in face-to-face -face connections. And so part of what was sort of the, the inspiration for starting that book was some of the work that I've been doing here in um, Beaver County, which is outside of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, a couple colleagues and I, uh, three years ago, were sitting around and saying, you know what, um, we're doing some good things in our district that could be magnified so much more if we connected with people in your district and your district. And how can we do that? How can we bring people together and develop groups of innovators? And so we started our own consortium. Uh, it's called the Beaver County Innovation and Learning Consortium. We have been very fortunate um, to get some foundation funding from the Grable Foundation to bring educators and leaders together. We do shared professional development. We across districts. So, um, you know, traditionally our county was very isolated. Uh, school districts did not really share resources or, or connect often. And we've now expanded from three districts to five districts. And we, you know, we plan professional development together. We've had teachers across districts co-teach together. We've had them do classroom visits and, uh, you know, Google Hangouts. Um, so they've really, really been coming up with some creative ways to not only connect as individual educators, but also connect to their students. And so all of these different connections, in my opinion, just make our school system so much stronger because we're setting an example for students to say like, your learning doesn't just happen within these four walls. There are so many more connections that you can make beyond your classroom, beyond your school, beyond your town. Um, and so the, the new book kind of shines a light on some of those things and, and the amount of connected educators who are out there really making a difference. And so there, there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different individuals who are, are highlighted throughout the book. Very cool. Awesome. And I'll make sure we'll put uh, links for, to, for getting to both of those books in the show notes so you guys can get over there and check out both of those. All right. So, so now I want to go back to the fact, so we're talking 22 plus years of experience, classroom teacher, uh, reading specialist, reading coach, author, speaker, principal, uh, and assistant superintendent. That's a lot of stuff. So 
there's got to be a lot of ups and downs in there, a lot of challenges, a lot of roadblocks, a lot of successes, all that stuff. So can I want to see if you can take us to a time that you've had a challenge or a failure that you've had to overcome. And can you kind of tell us what it was? Why was it a failure for you? How did you overcome it? And then what did you learn from that? Listen, I fail all the time. Anybody who tells you that they don't is lying. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think that's part, look, I like, I miss deadlines. I screw stuff up. You know, I, ask my husband, I forget things all the time. I feel like there are so many instances where you kind of fall down and you got to just brush yourself off, pick yourself back up again and keep on going. And I think that's critically important nowadays because those are the kinds of dispositions that we really want to build in our students. Um, you know, kids need to see that we are failing and or that we don't know something and how do we handle that as adults? Um, you know, I, I have two little kids at home. I have two sons, they're five and seven, and they're at an age, you know, where, where they're failing at things and getting really frustrated and they need to see that, hey, look, like mom screws up too. And when I do, I need to persevere and I need to kind of dig down and, and solve that problem. Um, so, I mean, I don't know that I have one particular instance because literally, I mean, I have failures every day and that's the best way for me to learn and grow is to kind of figure out, all right, like what happened here and what am I going to do better next time? JC, one of my favorite things about you, whether it be just your answers here or just over on Twitter is your continuous focus on collaboration. I just think that it's such an important part of where education is right now and where I hope it stays. And so I would love to flip that concept of collaboration and ask you of all the things you're doing, all these amazing things that you're connecting dots, right, Jeff? We always talk about that connecting dots mm -hmm. mentality. I know that we've talked about that in other episodes as well, but what is really fueling your fire? What's keeping you excited about what's going on in education? Wow, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think I think I'm better because of the people that I surround myself with. So I, I love I wrote down connecting the dots. Um, it, it is through those kinds of collaborations, and and when I think collaboration, I think about that at so many different levels. I mean, I can collaborate with kids who are working on a project. I collaborate with teachers who, you know, are learning something new or developing. I collaborate with principals. I collaborate with other, um, you know, central office administrators. I think breaking down those boundaries or they shouldn't be boundaries, really, you know, crossing those barriers from of traditional roles, I think is one of the most powerful things that can happen in education. Um, that's where I feel like I've benefited the most from these unique relationships that I have, whether they be, you know, like I said, with teachers or principals or, or artists or uh, writers or, or whoever it might be. Um, I see that great things come out of those kinds of collaborative situations. Um, and I'll, I'll say another word about our, our friend there. Um, I don't know if, if Kristen had shared this at all with you guys, but she and I are also writing a book together. Um, we are in the, in the late stages. We're, we're just about done with our first draft. Um, and it is, it is about what I just shared. I mean, it, 
it is about the importance of having relationships in in every direction. Um, you know, her relationship with me is something that has helped us both develop more than we ever would have imagined because you benefit from the perspective of someone in a different role. And I think sometimes crossing those lines has been frowned upon in education, sadly, right? Like, you know, I'm sure you've heard somebody say to you before, like, oh, well, you, you can't be friends with an administrator or, you know, why are you talking to them? They're a you know, paraprofessional. Well, guess what? Everybody comes to the table with a really unique set of experiences and skills. And I don't care what your title is. Like if, if you can help me to learn and grow as an individual, as an educator, as a leader, then that's a relationship that I'm going to thoroughly value. Um, and so because she and I sort of uncovered this together, we thought, you know what, this is a message that we need to get out to people and share the possibilities that can happen when you break down those walls and invite other people into your educational world. And so um, that is an example of one of the collaborations, I think, that has really made a, a true impact on my work. Absolutely. Jeff, is that um, Jimmy Cassis who we always talk about, that dot collector? Collecting the dots. Do you remember, yeah. could you mind just doing an overview of that? I just thought that was such a great point and it connects so well with what JC's talking about. Yeah, well, he was just talking about it, like before you can connect the dots, you have to collect your dots. You have to find all the, the dots, so to speak, whether it be in the people, the information, and building a lot of essentially building your network and creating, finding the dots that, that you need to connect before you can do that part of it. So. Absolutely. And then connecting with other people, which is just wonderful, JC. I love this focus. So on this track of being somebody who fully understands the value of collaboration and and having people work together in multiple different roles, what advice do you give teachers um, to continue in that same direction? Well, I, I don't need to preach to you guys because clearly you understand the value of social media, but I, I do think that there are still teachers out there who kind of hold back from using that as a tool. Um, you know, a, a couple months ago, I presented at a conference that was just for pre-service teachers. And even among that group, some of them were really cautious when I talked about, you know, using Twitter or creating a class Instagram or a Facebook page or, you know, a, a website or a blog, um, because I think there are still some colleges and universities who are telling pre-service teachers to stay away from that, you know. And yes, there is certain certainly danger in oversharing, and we have to be cautious about that. Um, but I would tell either incoming teachers or current teachers, veteran teachers, that when you reach out to others via social media, you are opening up a world for your students that was closed before. I mean, teaching can be a really isolating profession. You can walk into your classroom, close your door, teach your students all day, open the door and send them home. I mean, there, there, are, there are effective instructors who do that, but a real connected educator is going to make sure that their kids seek connections beyond what the classroom offers. And I think social media is a great way to do that. You know, when, when you have in the palm of your hand, 
the ability to reach out to whatever it might be, um, you know, a local manufacturing company, a local business person, somebody in government, you know, uh, somebody in education, a, a tech startup. If you have access to all of those people in your your circle, your PLN, and you open that up to kids, I mean, the learning is just magnified in incredible ways. And so I would, I would tell any teacher, take the time to create some social media accounts and reach out to other people because you're going to get ideas that you never thought possible just through the connections that you make. Not only that, but the support and encouragement that you can get from others beyond, you know, beyond those that work in your hallway or your, your school or your district. Um, I've just seen so many teachers develop and, and really blossom through that process. And so I, I would highly encourage all educators to, to get involved and get connected. Oh my God, Jeff, she just touched on my favorite subject ever. Yep. I was waiting to see if you'd say something. I like can <laughs> I mean, how could we not touch on the fact that she's focusing on the need for our communities to be involved in our classrooms? Oh my God. Yeah. And vice versa for our classrooms to be active participants in our community. Yeah, I I agree with that. I thought you were going to go the social media route because, you know, how we connect. Well, yeah, I mean, social media is fabulous. (laughs) I love the idea of classrooms having Twitters and Instagram. Obviously, Jeff and I actually connected during a Twitter chat. And now, you know, I'm his best friend ever. But um, these are like my two favorite concepts. And you said them all in one answer. Yeah, we have, um, there's a lot of industry happening in, in our particular community. Um, and so, I mean, why would we not reach out to those organizations and say, you know, hey, manufacturing company right down the street, we have kids who are interested in your work. What are you looking for, you know, in future employees? Can our kids come and tour your plant? You know, can you talk to us about uh, you know, the the qualities or the skills that you want in future, you know, future employees. Yeah, I think they're just outside your doors in your local communities. There are so many opportunities that can really hit on that college and career readiness, which we know is just so big right now. Um, and couple that with the fact that who knows what jobs will be in the future you know, let's let's get our kids out and connected now so that they can start solving the problems that they might have to face in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm loving it. All right, let's talk about the problem that you have to face right now. Dun, dun, dun. Casey, which um <laughs> I always look for the ways that I can do that in like the corniest, cheesiest way possible. <laughs> I like that one. Uh so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna do a little challenge, have some fun. Your goal, we're going to do the next six questions, and your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. You ready to go? Yep. All right, give us one tech tool you cannot live without. Canva. Uh, what book are you reading right now? No. What, what's that? No, it's you, you can if you want, or I'll just go. Okay, go. <laughs> give us a book that you're reading right now. Drop of Kindness, Jeff Kubiak. Ooh, Ooh good. Uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter today? Uh, my girl, Rochelle Poth, uh, Jamie Donnelly, Kristen Nan. And give us the best YouTube channel or website for educators. Uh, because I'm so into steam and making an arts integration, I'm going to have to say education closet. They've been putting out a lot of good content lately. And then give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine. Every teacher should get into. Every teacher needs to find their way to work on mindfulness, whether that's 
meditation, yoga, quiet time, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we got to take care of ourselves. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I would say start small, just start. Like, don't be afraid of the big stuff. You got to just take a step and do it. Ooh. Love it. Love it. Loving it. JC, I have so appreciated that you came on Teach Better Talk, and I want to make sure that our listeners don't just enjoy you now, but also can continue this connection after our podcast recording concludes. So would you mind sharing how they can connect with you? Uh, people can connect with me on Twitter at uh, Dr. JC Mazik, so D-R-J-A-C-I-E-M-A-S-L-Y-K. Uh, I'm on Instagram at JC Maslick. You can find me on Facebook as well. Um, my blog is uh, called Creativity in the Making, and it's jcmaslick.blogspot.com. And you can also check out my website, which is www.steam-makers.com. Loving it. And you, know, you can find all the links and resources and everything we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com. Where you can also soon find JC doing some guest blogging as well. Uh, and you can make sure you get those really important links for connecting with JC. So we'll have all that over in the show notes at teachbetter.com. Uh, so make sure you head over for all that. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, Ray would just really, really appreciate that. I would. And then I want you to <laughs> I want you to take it one step further. Let's think of three of your colleagues, your friends, your family members who need to hear these awesome stories and all this amazing information and, and inspiration that these educators are bringing and share this podcast with them so they can hear it too. JC, it has been awesome to have you on this. Super excited for other people to get to hear your your awesomeness. Not to use the word awesome again and again, but that's the best word I can think of. Um, just really appreciate you taking some time out of your day and chatting with us. I appreciate it as well. And selfish plug for all of us because I cannot wait to meet you guys in person in November. Yes, November 8th and 9th. She's coming to Ohio. Ohio. I mean, I know it's... it's it's not that far away, but that's not the point. She's coming to Ohio, Teach Better Conference. It's going to be awesome. So make sure you go to teachbetterconference.com. We are currently slowly rolling out all the amazing speakers that we have uh, little by little, and the site's going to be updated very soon with all of that. So make sure you're checking that out. And as long as you're over there, register, register for either one of the two-day options and use the code PODCASTTALK to get yourself $50 off to come hang out with JC. Yeah. So with that, Let's all get out there and let's teach better.